everyone. <laughs> it's Revival Town Podcast. Somebody's over here sleeping. <laughs> that somebody is me. <laughs> oh, it is great to be back uh, with you. Chuck, how are you doing? I am doing better now. How are you doing? I'm glad I woke you up. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I was totally in the twilight zone there. Oh, that's good. That's so, good. Uh, but I'm, I'm focused now. Oh, sure, oh. sure you are. Oh, yeah. Oh, knocking oh, the mic oh. over. Everything like that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. You know what's been great? Hearing from people. It really has been special. Uh, we are, uh, I mean, we're way over the 12, 13,000 downloads. Uh, people have really got a hold of this podcast and they're letting us know. And we love that. Yep. And so uh, I thought, why don't we start the podcast with someone that uh, enjoyed an episode just recently? And uh, is, that, is that okay? Am yeah, I, let's am do I it. Throwing yeah. anything yeah, off? Play it. We love to hear back from our listeners, and we've encouraged them. And we're going to listen to this and then tell you how you can do this. Right. Hey, Chuck. Hey, Andy. It's Robert Finley. I wanted to give you both a great big shout out regarding your podcast, let you know how much I appreciate it. I think it's hilarious when you guys do Tate and his mate. So keep that up. I mean, you could have your own show just with that segment only. So let alone the, the actual show itself. But so far, I, my favorite podcast has been the one with Martin Smith of Delirious. I loved hearing all about how everything got started and then how the discussion was regarding delirious and their impact not only in the secular world of music but the impact that they made in the christian world what we hear on the radio and how worship music is recorded uh today there's such a huge impact that they made so thank you both so much god bless you bye-bye there we go it was robert hey that was really cool it's it's uh it's great honestly it's great to hear from people thank you robert if you uh, if you are wanting to do that, right, we you may be able to get onto the podcast, uh, and all you got to do is click on the Revival Town uh, website. Yep, revivaltownpodcast.com. and click on listen. Listen. Um, when you get there, what that, do you do? Chuck? That's going to take you to a landing page, anchor page, and there will be a button right in the middle of the page. It says message, and you just click on it, and you can leave a voice message, just like. Robert did, giving a shout-out to the Martin Smith episode, which was Season 2, Episode 1. If you haven't heard that, go check it out. But leave us a message, and we'll play it. Oh, man. So how are you? I'm. You know what? I'm good. I, I enjoyed this interview with Wayne Shepard. Yeah. I, you know, just um, his voice is soothing. Oh, man. What you're about to hear is um, really a legend in Christian radio. Uh, 50 years behind the mic. It's amazing. And uh, when you hear his voice, you'll understand why he's been there for 50 years. (laughs) Absolutely. And he's going to share a story that is, what's the word? Fascinating. You Um, weren't ready for it. No, I wasn't ready for it. I mean, when we got in this morning, you were reading the story and you were pretty teary-eyed. Yeah. uh, Just because of the, the power of it. Yeah, it's... It's just so good. So I'm not, I don't even need to say anything else. You're yeah. gonna, they're gonna, people are going to love this interview. So why don't you sit back, relax, grab a cup of coffee or tea, and uh, enjoy this interview, this conversation with Wayne Shepherd. This podcast is part of the Edify Podcast Network. Edify is a faith-inspiring app that brings together thousands of the best Christian podcasts in one place for your listening enjoyment. Cut through the noise and grow your faith by diving into the world's top Christian podcasts today. 
Download the Edify app for free from the App Store or Google Play or by going to edify.app. That's E-D-I-F-I dot app. All right, everyone, it's time for another conversation on Revival Town Podcast. Our guest today, Wayne Shepherd. His voice is heard widely in Christian radio and television, as well as numerous audiobooks and special projects. With over 50 years of broadcast experience, Wayne serves a growing number of clients as a radio host, interviewer, voiceover talent, and consultant. He serves on the boards of National Religious Broadcasters, Far East Broadcasting Company, Mission Eurasia, and Moody in Chicago. Through the years, he's also worked with Josh McDowell, Promise Keepers, including the Washington, D.C. Stand in the Gap event, and many other national broadcasts. His interview show, First Person Interview, is currently featuring Greg Laurie, but we're honored to talk with him. Wayne Shepard, welcome to Revival Town Podcast. Great to have you. All right. Wow. What what an introduction. I couldn't have written that better myself. Thank you. <laughs> Wayne, it is great to uh, hear you, see you. Obviously, most people know we do this via Zoom so that we can... Yeah. Nice to yeah, see you guys. It, it, and Wayne and I go back just a few years. Um, there is a great radio station here in in the Peoria area, WBNH, and... Uh, he is part of that. His show is on that uh, station, but also every year he comes down and helps them with their uh, annual fundraiser. And so mm-hmm. we have a great time uh, being on the air together. And that's how we connected. That's how we met. We literally met on the radio, yeah. didn't we? That's yeah. so cool. Well, I'm, I'm a, man, you just have the, the coolest radio voice. So, uh, yeah. Uh, well, I can't take credit for that. It's what happens when I open my lips. You know, so. <laughs> Uh, well, we just thought today this would be a great conversation. Wayne has 50 years in uh, the whole radio media Broadcasting. world. Yeah. And, um, Fascinating. Yeah. You better hurry up. I don't have much time left. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But we, we, his story, and, and, and what you will hear today is, is an incredible story of just um, how God has just directed his paths and been able to get close to some people uh, through uh, broadcasting over the years, part of the Moody uh, network. And um, so, Wayne, what I thought we would do, um, you know, we have people listening globally to this, um, and I've shared it a lot on the, the radio with you when we've done some things. You know, for me, radio, uh, back growing up in England 30 years ago, it was non-existent, Christian radio, Christian right, radio. yeah. 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 I visited about 30 or more years ago and saw that first. Yeah, and so I just thought it would be great to go into your world, perhaps how you've seen even radio change as well. Oh, sure. <laughs> um, yeah, sure. And just tell us a bit about your journey. Yeah. Well, um, first of all, <laughs> looking at your guest list, I'm not sure why I'm here today. <laughs> I mean, you've got such great pastors and musicians and these guys who are just making such a difference. And Thank you so much for inviting me. Um, the only thing I ever wanted to do in life was radio. I mean, I was gifted, um, you know, a toy, almost a toy reel-to-reel tape machine with little three-inch reels on it when when I was a young guy. And I just wore that thing out recording myself and playing around with it. So I always knew I wanted to be in radio, but I didn't know what that meant. But when it came time to choose a college, I chose a college where I could actually have physical hands-on experience at the radio station, and that proved invaluable. So my, my uh, on-air career started in 1970 in college, if you could believe that, long before you uh, yeah. I was born uh, in 1970. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, 
and uh, then when I was 22 years old, I, I applied to Moody. People around the world know Moody Bible Institute in Chicago. They have a radio network that was always distributed via tape, and they own stations around the country, and they'd cycle, you know, recordings in the mail to these stations. And I started working there when I was 22, and then in the early 80s, radio changed dramatically because satellite made live distribution of programs possible. I mean, now we have the Internet, and we just take this all for granted now, right? But in 1980, 81, 82, it was unusual to have a live program, especially on Christian radio. And so I was able to pioneer the use of uh, satellites and create live call-in shows and newscasts wow. and all kinds of live events. And that was that really changed my life and gave me all the white hair I have now, actually. So. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, through the years, I uh, even though I was in management in radio, I, I never lost sight of uh, hosting shows and was hosting shows both on Moody Radio, where I worked full-time for over 30 years, and I was also doing programs on the side, like Promise Keepers and Josh McDowell and programs like that. And then about uh, close to 15 years ago, uh, I stepped away from Moody and just launched my uh, freelance life altogether. So these last 14, 15 years have been uh, in freelance work, and I love it. I, I love the freedom I have. I, I love the variety of work I have. I love the people I get to work with. And I get to serve these ministries do what they need done, and then walk away and not participate in any meeting. <laughs> so I have no meetings in my life. And you've interviewed just about everybody, I, I think. Well, you know, I, I wouldn't say that, Chuck, but but it's been a full, uh, wonderful time, uh, you know, with the guest list that I have. And it's it's been a great run. It really has. If it ended tomorrow, I would be so gr- And I'm so grateful to the Lord now. But if it ended tomorrow, I would call it yeah, good. Thank you, Lord. I have a very funny yeah. story, all right? And I, I, I got to share it. Because you mentioned Josh McDowell. Uh, So Josh McDowell came to our church a few years back. Uh, I don't know if I've ever told you this. I I don't think I've heard this. So I had been in Nashville for a time and I had just moved back. Okay. And I took on the Dream Center and uh, Josh McDowell was coming to the church that I attended at that time. So I'm sitting on the front row and um, I get a tap on my shoulder from my dad, who was the senior pastor at the time of the church. He said, hey... Um, Josh McDowell's people need you at the side of the stage. So I, I go, you know, go around the side and there is a shoe there and it's Josh McDowell's shoe. And he was about to go on, onto the stage and his shoe sole had fallen apart. Oh. And so, <laughs> so, I thought it was a prop for a second. No, no. And it was like his favorite shoes of all time. Like yeah, apparently he wears these all the time. So I had to run to this garage that we had, find super glue. And there I am. They're stalling while I'm super gluing Josh McDowell's shoe. <laughs> oh. That Why is am fantastic. I not surprised at that story? Oh, so yeah. Anyway, when yeah. I saw and you mentioned Josh McDowell, <laughs> yeah. I am sure there's been some, um, obviously some great interviews yeah. uh, that you've had. Um, yeah. So let's dig into that a little bit. What, what are some of the okay. ones that All have right. um, perhaps surprised you? Um, oh, well, you know what? I, I Yes, I enjoy interviewing people like Greg Laurie and Billy Graham and people like that. There's no question about it. But... I love just finding a story in a person's mm. life. You know, you guys do this too. Yeah. You know, you just find somebody's got a testimony that needs to be told. This is why I created my first person show. I loved interviewing, and when I became a freelancer, I had no place to take the stories that I'd bump into. 
So I created first person, you know, the Lord really prompted me and my wife prompted me even more <laughs> just to do this as my ministry. Yeah. You know, she said, don't worry about it paying for itself. Just do this as your ministry. Mm. And uh, so I love finding these stories of people that you'd never know their name. Mm. Yeah. But when you hear their story, you know that you love the same God that they love and serve. I so mean, it, it's amazing, isn't yeah. it? Uh, I love ferreting out those stories. So that's that's a big part of it. And of course, you know, the, the authors that come along and the the people whose name you do know come along at the same yeah. time. So, And I've got David McCullough coming up on the show. Mm. Actually, uh, an interview I did a few years ago with him, I'm going to replay. And Andy, you'll be excused from this interview because we talk about the war for independence. Oh, oh, <laughs> oh man. Oh, yeah, I'll, 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 I'll hey, skip that one. Get out the super glue. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now I can't, I can't breeze past this. You mentioned you, have, you interviewed Billy Graham. What, mm -hmm. what was that like? Well, it was a, a little intimidating. Yeah. <laughs> I, I never get nervous doing interviews. I've been a couple of times. That was one of them. Um, it, the circumstances were I, I knew his, uh, his PR guy, Larry Ross, for many years. And I had had few conversations with Billy, you know, little snippets here and there through the years. I went to Amsterdam a couple of times for the, the evangelist conferences he held. Um, but I never had a sit-down interview with Billy. So... I've been lobbying for that, and Larry called me one day and said, well, we're bringing Dr. Graham to Chicago. He's just written his biography, Just As I Am, and we're bringing him to Chicago to do Oprah. <laughs> so I'm willing to bring him over to your studios if you have time. And I said, sure, we have time, but I tell you what, let me get the president at Moody to interview him for his own show, because I think that would really be good, yeah. right? So it was all set up. The president, who was Joe Stoll, called me the night before the interview and said, my mother's having open heart surgery. I have to be at the hospital oh. tomorrow. You got to do the interview, oh. Billy. <laughs> uh, which, fortunately, I'd read the, his biography, and of course I knew much of the story, but I'd read the biography ahead of time. So I felt like I was half prepared for that. But I love talking with him just, just as, you know, a couple of guys for an hour just talking about life and ministry and his story. And at one point I just said to him, would you ever like to go back and just be Bill Graham or, you know, and he said, oh, I'd give anything. I'd give anything to walk down the street and wow. do that, you know? But, wow. but obviously he couldn't, yeah. so. And now Greg Laurie's written this new biography of yeah. Billy, which is a tremendous book. Yeah, I'm getting ready to read so it. I, I, yeah, so yeah. you, um, so let's, let's jump right in with, with Greg Laurie. How, how was, how is it, how is that um, different? Obviously, you know, Chuck and I are learning this as we go interviewing people, but Having to switch from maybe someone bring something out in a conversation. You had a plan, but you're like, I need to sit there for a moment. Mm -hmm. Interviewing a Billy compared hey, to a Greg, you, you know what I mean? Yeah, everybody's every interviewer is different. You guys do a good job because I, you know, you're you have natural curiosity. You know, you're naturally asking the questions you're asking. I don't get the sense that you're sitting down ahead of time and planning a long list of questions you're going to ask the person. I don't either. I have one or two key things I want to ask a guest. You know, just just kind of like the, the center of who they are. And everything else is a thread that you follow through the conversation. Yeah. And I'll, I'll give thought to how I want to enter the conversation. And once we're rolling, it's just talk. It's just conversation between yeah. friends. Yeah. That's that's what interviewing is, and I, I you know I commend you guys because you do it well as well. You have fun along the way. This is I know this is not your normal podcast. Thing, <laughs> 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 yeah. 
Well, I'm glad to hear that you don't my list of questions. (laughs) (laughs) I'm glad to hear about the questions because sometimes we feel like we should be more prepared, and but yet we are so we're so into the conversation um, that we we're exactly the same. We have a few things lined up and trigger points. There's an element of preparation, obviously, but we want. Yeah. We want to ask questions that perhaps our listeners would ask. Yeah. Right? Yeah, uh, absolutely. And here's the other thing, Chuck. You want to discover something. Yeah. You want to be surprised by something the guest says or, or shares with you. And then you want to follow up mm-hmm. on that, yeah. you know? So I love that sense of discovery. I don't want to go in the interview knowing more than the person I'm interviewing. Yeah. <laughs> right, right, I, right. I, you know, which, which happens very often with people. If you listen to interviews, very often the interviewer becomes the you know, the, the, the expert. And I, and I don't like yeah. that at all. No. Uh, I, that's the, that's the double edge of my program name. First person, I like the other person to be mm. first. You know, so. And and that, Just that my first person, uh, show, how many radio stations are you on with that now? Do you know? I think it's on around 400, something over 400. Wow. Uh, it's the little program that could, because I don't buy any time on radio stations. They give it to me. Because it's a it's a little different program. It's an interview program rather than another Bible teaching program, so, and uh, stations are very generous with the time on that. So I really appreciate yeah. that. Yeah. Wow. Four hundred. Do you get to ever visit any of those? I mean, I know you do with WB and H, but yeah, there's a handful that I do, and because of my years in uh, Christian radio, I, I know pro- personally know probably half of the stations and the managers and the staff. Mm-hmm just from, you know, conferences and being on the phone together and that kind yeah. of stuff. You know, we have a relationship one way or another because it's not the only program I do. I have about 12 different radio shows that I do, and they some of them carry three or four. The station there in Peoria, I think they carry more of my stuff than any other station in the country. Oh, so yeah. kudos to WB&H, yeah. right? <laughs> well, you know, I actually have a kind of a funny story about radio since, okay. since Andy shared one. Um, so you'll probably get a kick out of this. Well, when I was in Bible college, I was working at the, the, the college radio station in Minneapolis, Minnesota, yeah. North Central. Yep. And um, Yeah, sure. <laughs> so I overslept and was late to my shift. All right. Uh-huh. So this is way uh-huh. back in the day before cell phones. Yeah, it's good to get the socket. <laughs> yeah, so, the <laughs> just like therapy. <laughs> so the the tell Uncle Wayne all about it. <laughs> well, the the on air um, announcer gave out my phone number, <laughs> said call Chuck and wake him up, oh, and no. my phone in really? my room rang off the oh, wall. Man. Oh, say, I, oh, man. I got there pretty quickly after oh, that. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. Anyway. That's yeah. funny. Uh, during college, I worked part-time at another station, and there was a. I worked late at night on the weekends, and I was supposed to leave at midnight, but there was a snowstorm that I got stuck there all night and had to sleep. But, the, I, you know, I put the program on tape on, and I'd go lie down in the reception area on the carpet and sleep, you know. <laughs> and I, I remember I put a live church service on Sunday morning on the radio station, and I thought, oh, good, I have a whole hour now because <laughs> this is going to run continuous, right? So I laid down on the carpet and went to sleep and woke up to the phone ringing. <laughs> the church service had ended, the live broadcast, yeah. <laughs> and here I am sleeping. <laughs> so, <laughs> Oh, it sounds like man. We I got a million of them, don't so we? I love yeah. it. That's good. That's good. <laughs> now, I tell you what really did. Uh, you know, obviously, um, 
Chuck talked about some of the things that you have done. One thing that jumped out at me is you're a you're a part of the Far East Broadcasting Company. Yeah, oh, it's a joy of my life, Andy. I'm glad you touched on that. This is all volunteer work I do with FEBC. It's a ministry that dates back to the end of World War II when it started uh, in China. And uh, now it's just an incredible, incredible, uh, innovative organization today. Broadcasting always in the local language in about 50 countries of the world, either by shortwave or online programs or AM, FM. I mean, you, any, any way we can reach people with programming, we do. In, in places like Russia, we have millions of people listening in wow. Russia to our social media programs live. Wow. It's amazing, you know. Um, and I, I love, I, of course, I serve on the board, but um, I, I do radio programs and podcasts for them as well and just love the work with FEBC. Now, do they, how, how long have you been with them? Uh, I joined the board probably eight or ten years ago. Okay. Now, so. so have you seen any change in the way radio has been and shows like that have been pre- uh, presented? Because yeah. obviously you mentioned social media. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, the internet's a big part. I mean, you might be surprised to learn that in places like Russia and China, that we still have access uh, to to broadcast, so to speak, on the internet through apps and everything. In China, there are millions of people listening and, and subscribing. And if we do get shut down on a particular app, uh, we'll just recreate it with another name, put it back up, and you know, ten thousand people sign up almost immediately. Wow. It's it's a it's an amazing uh, thing, and the programming is roughly the programming changes from country to country based on what they need. In Mongolia, alcoholism is a big issue, so a lot of the programs have to do with uh, families and and uh, you know strengthening the family and. Abortion is a huge issue in Mongolia, so they have a program called Unsung Lullaby. Don't you love that title? Unsung Lullaby is the program addressing the issue of abortion there. So, And, of course, Bible studies, and sometimes it's just reading the Word. You know, in the old days, we always had reports of people who were telling us to slow down in reading the Bible because they were copying it by hand as we read, you know, that kind of thing. So, Wow. What... That, that's just a, a just sitting there on that. Obviously, I remember growing up, you know, 30 years ago or more, always having the missionary coming into the church, mm-hmm. uh, talking uh-huh. about how they're trying to smuggle Bibles in and trying to... Yeah. But the yeah. internet has opened this whole dimension up to where yeah. they can get access to it quicker. It is amazing. I've heard the internet described as the world's most powerful transmitter. Mm. And uh, I think yeah. that's true. It's, uh, we, we need to pray that those doors remain open. I, I think it's just so difficult to shut down all the portals that the governments who would be against our message just can't do it all the time. So. Yeah, I, amazing just to think the, the access of, of where we've come in 30 years. You know, mm-hmm. I just mentioned 30 years. Yeah. I, I always remember the missionaries yeah. coming in talking about how they had to smuggle those Bibles. In. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. I was always fascinated as a kid listening to those stories and my mom would read me Bible stories and I would I would love to listen to the radio and, and listen to stories that missionaries had from yeah. Yeah, yeah. dangerous situations yeah, the, to present the gospel. Sure. So. The, the the persecution of those times was incredible, but you know what? The persecution is even greater today in many mm-hmm. ways and in many countries. It's just taken sort of a different form, yes. hasn't it? Yeah. So it is a it is a critical time in our world. Absolutely, well, how, Wayne. How did you come to Christ? I was a child. 
Um, my Sunday school teacher uh, gave a lesson, and I went home that day and knelt by my bed and asked Christ into my heart. I mean, I was uh, pretty conscious of what I was doing at seven. And uh, my my parents weren't believers at that time; they became believers wow. later. When I was when I was a teenager, but I I grew up in a church culture, and I think a lot of people my age did. You know, we we spent time on Sunday school, whether it was relatives or friends who made sure we were in church, even if our parents didn't. And I had an aunt and uncle who were very influential in my life, and they made sure that I was at the little Baptist church every every yeah. week. You know, so and in between too, by the yeah. way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, Wayne, I want to turn this conversation a little bit, and and okay, it happened by how how you emailed me um obviously talked about the radio you know you've given us a bit of of information so that we get to talk but then you said i want to share something with you and it was a document form and i read it and i i mean it hit me for six that's an, an, an english saying but uh because i wasn't expecting it and in fact talking mm-hmm. to you you haven't shared this story uh publicly uh, ver- uh except for one or two times and yeah I, I really haven't so but i'm happy to talk yeah, about it would you be able to unpack this and for those that are listening it, it, we're going a different route now but it's it's one that i <laughs> yeah changing gears <laughs> but i i feel could really help some people that absolutely listening. yeah happy to uh i grew up in michigan my my i was adopted at birth and i always knew i was adopted my, my, my parents who adopted me, uh, my dad was an auto worker. You know, we lived in an old ramshackle farmhouse and I went to a one room country school, if you can believe wow. that, for a number of wow. years and no indoor plumbing <laughs> in the house. So we didn't have a lot of money. Yeah. All that to say, there wasn't a lot of money in that family, but a lot of love. And uh, I grew up in a very stable, loving home. Parents, as I said, became Christians after uh, a while. Um, and I, I never really questioned the adoption at all most of my life, you know, and I'm, as I went through each decade, once in a while it would pop in the back of my mind, well, I wonder what the true story is. And I had very little information, whether my mother and dad knew the information or whether they, uh, and withheld it, or if they didn't know, I, I still don't know because they're with the Lord now. But um, when my son was born 40 years ago, uh, with red hair, <laughs> uh, I looked at my wife and I said, he didn't get that from us. Where'd that come from? You know, so I started questioning then. And then I let it go for another 20 years plus. And then a couple of years ago, my daughter said, Dad, why don't you take an, a DNA test? Take a DNA test. I, you know, we're interested as a family, just you know, a little bit more about the, you know, where we came from and who we are kind of thing. So I took it not thinking that I would have any way of contacting or come in contact with any of my biological family. But lo and behold, Ancestry.com unlocked a whole long list of people I was connected to. and Other people have taken these DNA tests, know what this is like. Um, and a name popped up on the list. I was still anonymous mm. at this point. I was just a number on the Ancestry website. And a name popped up, and I had known that my mother my biological mother's maiden name was woods because that was on my birth certificate so i contacted this person in canada in ontario canada and i'm from michigan and i said i i don't know how we're connected but the dna doesn't lie i and i here's the name that i know i'm connected with what do you think and she said i have no idea this doesn't make any sense to me but i'll ask around the family well long story short she asked around the family and finally, it came to a woman who turned out to be my biological mother's sister. So in other words, my aunt. And she knew 
that my biological mother, before she was married, uh, got pregnant and was sent away, as they did with girls in the 50s, you know, out of shame, they would send them away to have the baby secretly. So uh, she was sent to Michigan to live with her aunt, and I was born in Michigan and adopted in Michigan. So, uh, and when this all unraveled, uh, they discovered that uh, my biological mother had never told anybody about me. She had returned to Canada. She had married. She had had four children. Never told her husband, as far as they know. He subsequently died soon after I found out her name. And, um, and she was alive, but had dementia. Uh, so I, I consciously decided not to bother her, you know, in, in that yeah. state. But I let her children know who I was. And then silence. Mm. <laughs> you know, the, the Internet went dead for two weeks. <laughs> and I thought, okay, they're mad at me. They think I want part of the inheritance or something here, you yeah. know. So, But no, they were wrestling with the fact that their, their church plain organist, church organist plain mother uh, had had a baby out of wedlock before they knew anything about her, you know, before they were born. Um, So it took them a while to come to grips with the news. But the end of the story is that all four of those uh, half, three half sisters and a half brother have now accepted me as their older brother. And we've had a great relationship. We haven't been able to visit with each other except online because of COVID. But we've had a great relationship with each other, and uh, it's, it's wonderful. Now, my, my mother um, eventually died before I could meet her, although I wasn't trying to meet her because of the situation there. Uh, but as she's dying, the uh, family said that they, they whispered to her, you know, we know about Wayne, we know about the baby. We want you to know he's happy. He doesn't hold anything against you. He, you know, he understands the situation. He's had a wonderful life. We want you to know that. And they were able to whisper that to her as she's passing away. So I was very grateful for that. And I got to be honest, when I, when I was reading that, I was, I was choked up. I mean, that's yeah. so powerful that, that yeah. you connected when yeah. you did. It, and it, they were, There's lots of people like yeah. this. Yeah. This DNA stuff has really unlocked a lot of these stories. Yeah. Uh, and sometimes they're not happy endings. Uh, this one's a happy yeah. ending. And... <clears throat> I think the clues for who my father is is also in the DNA, but I haven't pursued that. The Lord doesn't give me freedom to do that yet, and I may never do that because it's very likely he's no longer living. And even if he is, I don't want to, and he may not even know about me because she was sent away when she got pregnant. So, you know, I've just decided to leave that one alone for the time being. But sometimes the stories aren't so happy, and I I understand that as well, but I'm very grateful to God that he is. Uh, there's a There's a sense in which, I always felt complete. I never felt like there was something missing in my life until this came mm-hmm. along. And then I realized there was a there was a little bit of a hole there. There was a little bit of incompleteness there that was filled with uh, with the with the true story. You know, if that's the best way I can put it. Well, let me ask you something, um, Wayne. So, you know, in this in the story you shared on your website, you said the first time that you were recalling thinking deeply about this you were in your mid-20s and the paperwork, um, when you read the probate court record of your adoption, you saw that you were referred to as Baby Boy Woods. And at that moment, yeah, you began yeah. crying. And I'm sure there's a lot of people listening that have struggled with identity. And can you kind of un- unpack that moment when you read that? And Yeah. Well, it broadsided me. I, I, it was just a routine matter of asking for the paperwork so I could get a passport. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when the paperwork was delivered to my office, I could take you to the, the office today and stand on the spot where I opened it 
It was that powerful experience and saw that name on that piece of paper for the first time. Wow. I just I just cried like a baby. I mean, it was so impactful. And you know what, Chuck? I think about, you know, in Revelation, the white stone, Jesus has a secret name for us on a white stone, mm. right? And, and, and I think about that yeah. a lot. Think about, you know, the day that that's revealed to us. Oh, won't that be real? <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but yeah. you're right about, you know, coming to grips with our past is a very, very powerful emotion. And as I said, sometimes for people, it's not happy. Yeah. And sometimes you have to overcome that. And, you know, with the Lord's help, we can. And there's a, there's a lot of people who struggle with that. And I'm grateful that it's been, you know, pretty smooth sailing for me. But I'm, I acknowledge the fact and, and pray for brothers and sisters who struggle with this kind of stuff. Have you had any interaction with any others that have gone through uh, things like this? I, I know you haven't been super public with this story, but yeah. um, just, yeah. just curious. I, I really haven't. I, I read every story I find on the internet about it, um, and there have been a, again. There's just so many of them now because of DNA testing. Um, so I, I really haven't. I, I think I've held back because I really haven't right. gone super public with this yeah, story. Yeah. You know, so someday I might. I tell you what, I'd like to do. I'd like to sit down. Here's the broadcaster speaking, <laughs> right? I'd love to sit down with an open mic with those siblings around the table. Oh, wow. And just have them talk about the moment when they found out that they have an older brother they knew nothing yeah. about. Yeah. <laughs> wow. I'd like to capture that. So. Yeah. And, you know, I know there's going to be people listening here that you've struck a chord with. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, obviously, at the end, uh, we will talk about ways people can connect with you. And who knows, there may be someone that reaches out through that way. Yeah. Um, yeah. <clears throat> so what is, uh, for you and what's going on right now with radio and with what's just i mean because this is recent right this is the last few years yeah it was only maybe less than three years ago that this all came into my life in my late 60s wow. and so. was it so you said your your daughter's the one who kind of gave you the nudge to get on ancestry.com yeah. and would you have done that without yeah. that nudge i don't think I, chuck i let it go for 65 yeah. plus years yeah. you know so obviously it wasn't a burning issue in my heart right because i had a great sure. life I had a great past, a great family, and everything was was going well. I have a wonderful family now. Uh, So I probably wouldn't have. Mm. I probably needed that nudge as from the Lord, actually. Well, you mentioned the scripture revelation about the name. So um, I've got to share this with you. I think you'll get a kick out of it. Okay. But as a pastor, I meet a lot of people and learn a lot of names. And sometimes I get names wrong. And what you may not know is I wear (laughs) hearing aids. And so... Sometimes I struggle with, with getting names huh. right. So there's a woman in our church, and her name is Betty, or I thought her name was Betty. And <laughs> after two okay. years of talking to her in the lobby almost every week, she would come up to me and talk about the message and ask me to pray for her. This is pre-COVID. And um, so we'd pray together. And so one day in the office, I was talking about Betty, and our office manager said, Wait, who are you talking about? And I said, Betty. <laughs> she said, I don't think her name's Betty. And I, I said, uh-oh, so. it better be because I've been calling her Betty for two years. <laughs> so next Sunday, uh, there I am in the lobby. She approaches me and says, Pastor, can, can you pray for me? And, and I said, sure. Listen, before I pray, Betty, <laughs> your name is 
Betty. I mean, you've been coming here for a while. I've been calling you Betty for at least a couple of years. And I go, that's your name, right? And she looked at me. She goes, no, it's Donna. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I wasn't even close. You know, you would think like Letty. Andy's mom's name, Letty, Betty, but no, Donna. So, so the story doesn't end there. Um, yeah. Fast forward sometime after that, there was a woman in the church whose son was in a motorcycle accident, almost died, made a, a, a remarkable recovery, but that's another story. But before he made that recovery, the family was called in because they didn't think he was going to make it. And I was there, one of our other pastors was there. And I was talking with his mom, Lois, who comes to, and that really is her name, who was coming to our church. <laughs> and um, so I walked up to her and I said, hey, just want you to know that I just got done praying for Tim. And she said, oh, and I said, you know, I'm Pastor Chris, he's our executive pastor. I said, he's here and he prayed as well. And, and she said, well, I heard even Pastor Chuck went in to pray for him. <laughs> I said, you know, I'm Chuck, right? <laughs> and she was so confused. I mean, I would see her every week, but she was just in that moment so overwhelmed and she was so embarrassed. And then weeks after that, she would apologize. And one day in the lobby, she was with Donna, AKA Betty. And she came up and apologized to me again. She said, you know, Pastor, I just want you to know that day in the hospital, I knew who you were. I said, listen, you're beating yourself up over this. Let me tell you a story about Donna here. And I told her that story. And they were walking out together. And Donna leaned over to me and said, you know, Pastor, in heaven it says someday we're going to get a new name. I know mine's Betty. Uh (laughs) (laughs) Well, Chuck, at least you have the excuse of hearing this. The rest of us who screw up, you know, we, we, we don't have any excuse, you know, so we all do it, right? Oh, I'm terrible with names. Absolutely terrible with names. That's yeah. a great story. Um, you, you know, let's go back a little bit to some of the people you've interviewed and not only interviewed, but have become real good friends with. Uh, a lot of the young crowd listening right now may not know this name, but uh, you are good friends with Michael Card. Oh, oh yes. Oh man. Um, Mike is, he's a gem, you know, of course his music through the eighties and nineties, it was incredible and still is in, in, to my ears. Um, but Mike is a great Bible teacher and thinker, Bible thinker. And we do a podcast together. We used to do this as a radio show. It started as a radio show many years ago. And the concept was we would go to Mike's studio and we do everything live. I mean, live to record it, right? All the performances were live. No no music off CD, all of Mike's music, any guest who would come, whether it's Andrew Peterson or Phil Keg or anybody, they'd all have to play in the studio live, and wow. they did. That lasted for a number of years, and then it, uh, it went away, radio changed, and we recently brought it back as a podcast, you know, so the podcast world has opened up uh, this ministry again to Mike. So we, we do the podcast called In the Studio with Michael Card. Yeah. And we, we rely on that some of that older material, we call it classic programs, and we mix it in with new recordings yeah. as well. So it's released weekly, and uh, it's, it's a great joy. I, I love Mike. He's, he's just, there's only one Michael yeah, Card. Yeah. I actually <laughs> saw him in concert when I was a teenager in the, in the late 80s yeah. at um, yeah. Peak at Illinois, of all places. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, you know, as a yep. kid, I, I've shared this many times. Um, Back in the day in England, it wasn't like you could go to uh, Christian bookstores. There were very few and far between. There were some, but you had to go to a bigger city for it. And so I was part of 
what was known as the Word Record Club, which Word <laughs> Word was uh, you in the same club. Uh-huh. Get yeah. your big ten CDs. Yeah, yeah get ten yeah. CDs every month. And Michael Card was always one of those guys that there was a CD uh-huh. in twelve it. cents. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Well, I can report that Mike is alive and well oh, and is doing great. He's a grandpa wow. now and loving that part of life, but he's still singing and teaching and writing scripture wow. songs. I mean, you know, it's just good good stuff. And Andy, a lot of the listeners we have to the podcast are from wow. England. Wow. Yeah, because he did, in the British he Isles, did a yeah. lot of stuff in the UK, um, mm-hmm. for sure, in those you know 80s, early 90s. We're getting a lot of reaction from uh, Asia. Singapore is a hotbed of listener activity for that podcast wow. for us for some reason so wow let me ask you this this <laughs> question because I, I we've we've asked this question to pretty much every every person that's been on the uh on the podcast and it has got to do with with covid obviously uh-huh. your world um i'm Im- imagining actually increased because people were at home having to stop listen a yeah. little bit uh, obviously, radio, podcasts, that whole world has exploded. Um, how has it been for you in this last year or so? It really hasn't changed much for me. I, I have a, a studio and office in an office building that was empty. So I could come here every day and be all by myself in, in my studio and be shut off from any contact, which is good and bad, yeah. of course, but it isolated me you know, medically. Uh, and as far as the work is concerned, as with you guys right now, it all shifted to yeah. Zoom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So most of the interviews that I might do in person in the past or, or on the phone, uh, now we do them online. They sound even better than yeah. the phone. And so it really, I don't think I've missed, uh, I can't think of a single program that's changed uh, because of COVID. We've, we've just been marching on. And you're right, I don't have any hard data, but my sense is the listenership is yeah. way up because of it, because of the time spent at home and that sort of yeah, thing. And do you find it easier to do a Zoom uh, interview? I do. Yeah, I do. Yeah, I do. I, I, I don't know why. Um, it's just easier. Yeah. And, and, <laughs> and everything, what we've, <laughs> so I run, you know, this, I run the Dream Center where um, uh-huh. we are. Which is a fabulous story. If, if anyone doesn't know the story of the Dream Center, I hope you'll find out about it. I'm, I, it's one of my favorite stories. Well, thank, Andy. thank you, Wayne. Um, we, you know, when, when COVID hit, obviously running a homeless shelter, group living, uh, we have anywhere between 60 to 100 single parent moms uh, or fathering dads in that homeless shelter every night. As you can imagine, uh, and we're close to Chicago, which was a hotbed for, for COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It, it was very trying and still is but uh right in those early months we were really uh, just as, as everyone else was trying to figure it out um yeah. you know but that that side of it uh with covid we had to change some things um now the staff are pretty much back we have told some of the staff if you're more comfortable and you can work from home go for it you know there's some that can mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. not everyone but we still do Zoom staff meetings. And the reason is, um, uh, one, because of the homeless shelter and there's still people coming in and out from different uh-huh. states, we, we want to protect the staff and the guests that we have. 
but also the big thing is we get the meetings done on time, if not earlier. Yes. Because yes. you're not talking, <laughs> chatting. It's more efficient, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, we do our staff meetings um, in person and via Zoom at the same time. We ha- Our executive pastor actually lives in Missouri. Our church is in Illinois. Oh. And one thing we learned during COVID that when he moved, we could keep our working relationship mm-hmm. and it's been sure. it's been fantastic we yeah. have a couple of bivocational pastors yeah. as well but um it's it's been um really really cool and i would i would think yeah. during covid did you have um better access to people to interview because people were not as busy i think i realized i had better access okay. to people and i think people were more uh, open you know, whereas you might have to make an appointment, you know, for an in-person interview. Now I say, hey, can we we can do it via Zoom? You know, just let me help you on. You know, have a halfway decent sounding mic or yeah. something. Or here's here's what to do if you don't have a, a real microphone. You know, you can use a, a good uh, headset or or Apple AirPod or something yeah. like that. And don't be in a room with a lot of uh, hard surfaces that echo around. You know that you know do it in the living room. A lot of soft surface, that kind of yeah. stuff. I think uh, people are more open to doing interviews. A lot of people don't know this, but when we got going with the podcast, some of those early podcasts were a, a bit rough because we we literally are two guys that run organizations or churches that don't run sound equipment. And so I reached out, I reached out to Wayne. I was like, help me out. Like, how do I get the people on the other end to sound good? And you were gracious well, enough. I'm not Mr. I'm not Mr. Techie either, but I, I, I get by, uh, I have, I have, I have friends who, who know yeah, things. And, and just so you know, you have the best sounding microphone we've ever had on this podcast. Yeah, <laughs> really? oh. yeah it, you sound well, good, Mr. man. You look good. You sound you good. Go. Yeah. <laughs> I've always Excellent. been fascinated with the radio and dabbled in it. Um, as a kid, yeah. I hosted a show when I was a teenager and, and yeah, Did you? worked in radio a little bit. Um, beyond that, it's in your blood, pardon? doesn't it? It gets in oh, your blood. Yeah, and and I've loved it. But you're like you're like my hero when it comes to to, to broadcasting <laughs> and radio. So, man, we're just honored well, that you've been on today. I, I I am a blessed man that I've had the opportunities I've had and love it. You know, when I first came to the states, one of my first jobs was uh, Sunday nights on another station in town, WCIC. I had a two-hour youth radio show called The House of Faith. I remember, remember that. this. Yes, yeah. And I was I was a guest one time, and I, I I don't I didn't know you then. That's right. That's right. Because we were in Pekin, which yeah. is where you yep. live. Yep. And um, well, let's go to the archive right <laughs> yeah, now. Yeah, bring it on. No, life. let's not do that. <laughs> but the the reason why, uh, so at that time there was a gentleman called Chuck Pryor who was over all of that, who's big in in broadcast world. Uh, now works for Joel Osteen. He said, hey, I'll give you a shot. I'll give you a two-hour youth show. And we were allowed to play anything that they weren't normally allowed to play that was Christian. (laughs) But Chuck, that was the time when Delirious were just getting rolling. And I was getting all these CDs from England. It was going the other way now where they were coming to me. And after, after getting to know the guys from Delirious, they said... We saw a spike, because back then it was just tapes that they were selling or Uh or CDs Uh from the back of their car. They said, we saw a spike in Illinois, and we had no idea what was going on. (laughs) It's because every week I I was like, I'm going to play a delirious song every Sunday night. (laughs) Now, in our church, we're in our early years. Here's the thing about... about, Yes, Wayne. sorry. Sorry, go ahead. Here's the thing about Andy's voice, Chuck. With that accent... 
I mean, he could read the grocery list, <laughs> yep. right? And we'd be fascinated. <laughs> yeah, you know, you Americans right. love that accent. Yes. Tell us about so your you journey. Have a, you have a leg up on the rest of us. <laughs> you really do. Oh, wow. And we're and we're learning vocab. I'm learning vocabulary along with Chuck, too. So. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's, that's fantastic. You know, and, and if, if you're listening, in, and I don't think people do this, Chuck, but if you're listening and after the interview you stop listening to the podcast, you're missing Tate and his mate, which is uh, people are learning English names, languages, slangs that no yep. one knows about. Yep. Bonnet and boots and bloke. And <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, Wayne, it has been so good to have you on today. And what I would like is um, if you would pray perhaps into some of the things you've shared about today. Sure, um, sure. And then we're going to come back uh, after that and we'll, we'll let people know how they can connect with you. And we've got sure. the three big yeah. questions, Chuck. Uh, Oh yeah! Oh. So uh, you're gonna you're okay. Well, I'd I'd love to lead us in prayer right now, if you don't mind. That's right. Okay, Father in heaven, we've talked a lot today about uh, calling. Ultimately, it, it's your call on our life that it empowers us to do what we do. So, I pray for the listener out there who uh, maybe is still trying to find that call, Lord. Just to reveal yourself to them, show them what you have them do, uh, whether it's labeled. Christian or secular, Lord, just uh, encourage them with their calling today. And then, Lord, for those who struggle with identity, yes, who struggle with their past, maybe it is not a happy story with the past, Lord, and maybe there is a lot of dysfunction there or pain and, and heartache. Lord, I, I pray that you, as only you can, will heal those hearts and bring closure to that issue in that life of that person is listening. So you're a mighty God. We thank you for all that you do in our life, and we are going to be eternally grateful for the fact that you've given us Jesus as our Savior. So thank you, Lord. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. 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 Thank you so much, Wayne. Yeah. So, well, how, how can our, our listeners connect with you? Well, I'm uh, happy to give my email address. That's fine. Don't mind okay. at all. It's on the internet yeah. anyway. So it's my first name, Wayne, at my full name, WayneShepherd.net. And by the way, Shepherd, for you Brits... <laughs> Is, is spelled King James Version, Andy. So. S-H-E-P-H-E-R-D. The only way to... I, I'm 95% Scottish, by oh, the way, in that DNA. Wow, so I knew that out. Yeah, see, the Brits, they're always around somewhere. That's all right. <laughs> Wayne at WayneShepherd.net. Love to hear from listeners. And can people follow you on social media or anything like that? Yeah, yeah. I'm on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter and, and all those good good places. Great. So just, just search your name and, and they'll be able to find you for sure. Yep, um, yep. Okay, so we have the big three. Okay, now I'm yeah. sweating. <laughs> Chuck, do you want to give, give it a go first? Yeah, yep, I'm, all right, I'll go first. Now, our listeners can't see you. Andy and I can uh -huh. see you since we're recording this uh -huh. via Zoom. And what they don't see is in your broadcast studio behind you, there are uh -huh. three photographs. You have the, the soundproof yeah. phone, which, by the way, out of all of our actually, interviews, you actually, have oh, there's oh. more. Oh, oh you're going to mess up my four, question. Actually. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Sorry, I'll stay out of the way now. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, have, we, might have to, uh, we have, might have to throw that one in there. But um, really cool studio, I have to add, out of all the interviews we've done, just yeah. really cool studio. Um, now, three of the photos, now that I know there are more than three, but three of them <laughs> include the Eiffel Tower, a, a picture of the uh -huh. Eiffel Tower, another one uh -huh. that is a picture of the a Roman Colosseum, 
and then the mm-hmm. London Bridge. So, mm. so at, careful, yes, careful. yes. <laughs> go, go on, Wayne. I'll let you and, say Andy, what pl- it is. Plug your ears, Andy. Okay. <laughs> no, <laughs> out of these, hit your mute button. No, yeah. uh, out of the, out of those three places, which one would you most like to live? Live, live, oh, not just visit, but live. Interesting. Yeah. Mm. Put a spin on this. I, I think probably Rome. Mm. All right. With all due respect to London and the Tower, Tower Bridge, Bridge, which is on my wall, not the London. Do you know Bridge. there's a difference, Joe? Uh, uh, I didn't know. I've yeah. always called it the, yeah. 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 Andy, you. I messed up earlier just because I didn't want to go into the did. explanation. Yeah. <laughs> my whole world is just, I th- just I think crashed. Rome. All I think Rome. <laughs> I, of course, there's great history in, in all these countries, but in Rome, the Christian history, you know, the I, next time I, I've only been to Rome once briefly. But when I go back, I had a guest on recently, a pastor. Corrado Primavera is his name, if you can believe it. Corrado Primavera. Oh, okay. uh, <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's delicious. <laughs> no, he's a historian. And next time I go to Rome, I, I want him to lead me around Rome and talk about Paul in being in wow. Rome. You know, so. yeah. I always, That's why I, I chose Rome. I remember the story of the Colosseum. And, you know, that was where they killed thousands of Christians. But you go there now, and there is a cross in the Colosseum. Do you know what Corrado taught me about the Colosseum? The Colosseum was built with the proceeds of the sacking of Jerusalem. Really? When Jerusalem was destroyed, the money came back to Rome, and it helped build the Colosseum. Wow. Wow. Mind blown. That's a whole (laughs) other podcast. Yeah. It is, yeah. All right, well... uh, you need to have uh, Pastor Primavera oh, on here sometime. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll connect be, you. That would definitely, definitely. Well, I have a question. It's got to do with with places. Uh-huh. Um, what is your favorite meal that you have had overseas? Oh, okay. Uh, Kyrgyzstan. We visited a home, a very a farm home, and they had a huge iron kettle out in the yard. And it was filled with meat. Mm. I won't tell you what kind of meat, but it was, you, you might imagine. Uh, I didn't see any horses on the farm. Anyway, it was filled with meat <laughs> and vegetables all stirred together, and it was wonderful. Wow. That's cool. Yeah, and that Big, big cauldron mm. stirred with a big gold paddle, yeah. you know, like a, a, a canoe yeah, paddle kind of kettle. thing. Wow, that and that it's not just the food you remember, but it's the experience. I always tell people, yeah. you know, yeah. England wasn't known for the the food when I was a kid, but it's the memories of the of where you ate, what you were doing. Yes, that whole type yeah. of thing. Okay, Chuck, you've got the last. Yeah. Qu- I, I have one of those for I have one of those for England too, but I don't go there right now. <laughs> All right, <laughs> all right. The last question: You uh-huh. obviously interview people for a living. I mean, that's what you do. Um, when you're in the studio, yeah. what is your go-to drink? Is it is it coffee? Is it tea? Is it a, just a bottle of water? Oh, I have a vice. I have a vice. My vice is Diet Pepsi. All right, cool. Yep, yep, uh, yep. I've ne- I've never tasted coffee. Whoa, really? That I have never drunk coffee. I don't know yeah. why. My parents did. My wife doesn't either. So yeah. we, you know, so we have visitors to our home. We shove the coffee maker at, at them and tell them they have to make it themselves. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
But yeah, Diet Pepsi is my right. oh, That's good. Yeah. That's good. Well, Wayne, it has been uh, a joy to have you on. It's a joy to listen thank to you, you on, on the radio. And uh, again, thank you for sharing uh, the stories today, including the adoption story and finding relatives. And, uh, you know, that's a, I know that's a, a close uh, story that you, you hold close to your heart. And so we, we do yeah. thank you for that. Uh, but again, thank yeah. you for being on Revival. Yeah, thank Town you so Podcast. much. It's a joy. I, you guys are great. You crack me up. Uh, I, I learn good things from you guys at the same time. So thanks for what you're thank doing. Thank you so much, yeah, Wayne. Thank you. Oh, yeah. All right. I thought this music just went with Wayne's voice. Shepherd. Wow. <laughs> oh, way to, way to ruin... <laughs> Way to ruin the whole uh, feel. Uh, oh man! No, thank you, Wayne. That that was that was fun. I just enjoyed talking to him. I could talk to him all day and hear more stories. I mean, um, I mean, he interviewed Billy Graham for crying out loud. How yeah. cool was that? When he said that in the actual interview, I was like, "Stop the music! Let's wait a minute." You yeah. don't drop a name like that and not talk about it. Yeah, you know what I mean. We've got and, to hear. And he wasn't dropping the name for dropping the name's sake. No, the, Wayne is one of the the nicest guys you will ever meet, and um, he has impacted so many people through radio, not just in this nation. I mean, fascinating the whole Far East stuff and yeah. what's going on there, and yeah, and then it. he started talking about his his own life and his. His journey into trying to find his his real mom and dad. Yeah, yeah. That was, oh, we weren't ready for that. No. And he said, no, he, he said, that he's only shared it once on air, and that wasn't on his own show. And so we're really privileged for him to share that story. For Absolutely. Sure. You talk about God using people's, using their voice. <laughs> God really does use his voice, his yeah. real voice. Yeah. Right. Powerful. Just a story, but. Um, it's stuff remind me some some stories. I, you know, you dabbled in radio. I dabbled in radio, yeah. and uh, in fact, when I was a teenager, I was a co-host of a, a TV or radio show called um, Jesus Today Outreach Radio Program for Teens. <laughs> <laughs> that's a mouthful. Yeah, and um, that's why our introductions are so long. <laughs> but um, anyway, reminded me of the story when I was doing radio in college and I, I shared one story during the interview but I didn't want to share too many stories it was Wayne, Wayne's time to share but Wayne's uh, world yeah it's Wayne's world <laughs> if you're gonna spew spew in this <laughs> sorry so um, one of my friends if his name is Wayne <laughs> it was Wayne's world oh, how my. funny is this my, my friend Wayne it was his last shift he was leaving the radio station the college radio station. And this was back in the day where, I mean, Christian rock was not as accepted as, I mean, today. I mean, even most worship albums have that rock edge. Yeah. But um, this radio program, was program, um, the format was all contemporary. It wasn't rock. It wasn't metal. It was all contemporary, right? Yeah. So on my friend Wayne's last shift, he locked the studio doors and played 
striper nonstop. <laughs> <laughs> just put it on. The, the phones were lighting up. People were faculty were trying to get in. Nope. He would not open the door. Wow. He, yeah, he played the entire to hell with the devil record. Wow. <laughs> Wayne's world. Wayne's world. <laughs> That's great. So, oh, we got, yeah, yeah, my friend Wayne, Wayne's world, and Wayne Shepard. How yeah. cool is that? Well, you know what's next, don't you? And, and did you notice, I know people couldn't see this, but you talked about it. Behind Wayne uh, in his studio was one of the bridges in London. Yeah, and I thought it was the London Bridge, but I was misinformed. Tower Bridge. Tower Bridge. That bridge is right in front of uh, the Tower of London, so it's known as Tower Bridge. And uh, you know what's next, don't you? Tate and his mate. Tate and his mate. Okay, now, if you're listening for the first time, this is where we, uh, or I, throw an English word-saying phrase to my mate, Chuck Tate. And he has to try and guess this English or British slang word. So, are you familiar with um, the saying, that was daylight robbery? That was daylight robbery. What does that mean? Daylight robbery. Daylight robbery. I'm going to say, maybe it's the same as highway robbery here in the United States. I don't know. I'm going to say if you got taken advantage of and you paid too much for something, that was daylight robbery. Yeah, that's that's pretty much it. You got one right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What? But listen to the story behind this, because I didn't know about this until... um, I, I was actually watching an English show and they said, that was daylight robbery, which means they're getting ripped off. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I'm going to read this so you can get it, okay? Okay. In 1696, it's a long time ago, yeah. 1696, William III of England introduced a property tax which required those living in houses with more than six windows had to pay a property window tax. So what they did in these houses was they bricked up windows so that it went from six windows to four so they wouldn't have to pay Pay for the tax. tax. But that's where the saying came, daylight robbery. Wow, that's interesting. Is that? I I didn't even know that. That's pretty cool. I didn't even know they had windows back then. And And if you do a Google search, you can actually see houses in the in the UK with windows where windows used to be and they're bricked up. To this day, they're still bricked up. That's fascinating. Yeah. Oh, cool. So man. you go, daylight robbery. So you learn something every week on Tate and his mate. Thanks to Andy King. Hey, there we go. All right. Well, Chuck, it's been great being on with you today. I know people enjoyed having Wayne Shepherd on. Uh, please try and connect to, to Wayne and also connect with us. Follow us on social media at Revival Town Podcast. Uh, and hey, if there is someone that you want on the show, on the podcast, we have, I don't want to say that we are connected everywhere, but we have connections to try and get to people. We've got some people coming up in the next few months that I think people are going to really enjoy. But if, if there's anyone that's like, man, I'd love to hear from let this us guy. Know. That, let us know. Leave us a message. Leave us a message. That, that would be great. That would be great. Well, Chuck, Andy, it's been great doing with you again. Likewise. Look forward to seeing you next week. All right. See you next week, mate. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening. 
Thank you for listening to this episode of Revival Town Podcast. Make sure you're following us on social media and remember to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. For more information, head on over to RevivalTownPodcast.com. Oh,